Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for GWBC Radio's Open for Business. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of GWBC Open for Business, and this is going to be a fun one. Today on the show, we have uh, Patricia Karam, and she is with Mission Recruit. Welcome, Patricia. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I am excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Mission Recruit. How are you serving folks? Yeah, of course. So we have three primary pillars. Our first and foremost is uh, best-in-class recruiting services for our mid-sized to Fortune 500 clients, and we specialize in IT and executive-level positions. Secondly is our mission to give back. So we give back to um, organizations, domestic violence, and human trafficking. And third is to keep the human in HR through human design, especially in these times where everyone is remote. Well, I love the fact that you um, kind of boldly and proudly go out there and say mission is part of our name and mission is part of our DNA. Can you talk about what that was like when you founded the firm? How, like, what was kind of the thinking of being so um, upfront about having mission as part of the name and the culture? Yeah, no, thank you so much for asking that. And I think it goes along with, you know, I I have a lot of experience um, working for huge companies as well as a small mom and pop shop. And I just realized it's so huge for me where everybody has budget for hiring, right? Like all companies do. It's important for me to also give back. And then a part of pivoting from 2020, um, I also had the mission to keep the human in HR too. So it's everything we do is with intention. And then, um, so you said when you're founding it, I'm going to have an element of the business is going to be give, giving back and it's going to be something that we're not going to just kind of do in the background. We're going to be kind of transparent and authentic about that as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So for every single placement we make, we'll donate $100 to a domestic violence organization and $100 to a human trafficking organization. Wow. That's amazing. Now, um, in you're seeing a lot of headlines about this great resignation. A lot of folks that are, um, you know, kind of, I guess, sick of the grind and saying, okay, I've had enough. I'm going to kind of go my own way or I'm going to pull the ripcord and I'm not going to do anything. Are you finding that um, your clients are having that same challenge and you're able to kind of help them uh, solve that problem to make their place more desirable or a place that people want to work in? And are you able to kind of counsel your uh, your other clients who are your people to match them up with the right fit. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The the great resignation, I, I've been hearing a lot about it for months and it's and I'm seeing it's a very real thing, no matter what industry, no matter how much you're making. I think the thing about COVID is that it's highlighted it's highlighted people and what they truly desired, whether it's like working less or not working at all. But yeah, I'm seeing it at my client site and we're definitely there for them to help backfill anyone who does leave, but it's a very real thing. And then I, I, I'm hearing and I'm seeing the a way to combat it is make a place of work desirable enough that people want to be part of that. They want to join the mission. They want to kind of join you in whatever that um, goal is that you have set for your company. And and that goes to like you were talking about your own firm. When you have a culture of mission, uh, that 
that attracts a certain type of person that probably isn't part of the great resignation. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, for sure. And um, I also wanted to add to that, um, you know, I think people are not only about salaries, too, I'm seeing with with candidates. It's not just about salaries, to your point. It's also about the company culture and any other benefits like remote work. And I think a lot of people now it's 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 on either spectrum. People either want to be in the office and want that human interaction so badly or they're so happy that they can be remote. So it's about exactly that balance. Now, you mentioned as one of your pillars, this um, the concept of human design. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's essentially a uh, personality assessment with no questions. So I know throughout my career, I've taken multiple personality assessments and based on, you know, your company culture or who your manager may be, maybe the answers wouldn't always be as authentic as you would like for them to be or consciously would like them to be. Um, And, and also over time, your answers may change. And so what I love about human design is that it kind of shows you who you are personally and professionally. So it takes um, the Eastern and Western's science principle and practices and kind of combines them together to come up with your unique human design. And so we do this in two ways. I have a human design expert on team who actually works in the corporate environment and she's implemented human design at the company level and has seen major success. So we're offering it in two ways through individual PDFs and as well as team workshops. So um, there are five different types. And I think if, if the, it's a, it would be a great exercise, especially for remote team members to come together and kind of understand each other more. So like I said, there's five different types. And the biggest t- takeaway that I say to have for people is to, to see how you know you're on the right track and how you're off track. So for me personally, I'm a projector and I'm on track when I see success and I'm off track when I'm bitter. And so that, that goes for me personally and professionally. And that's why I truly believe in human design. So then when you get that kind of knowledge, how does that help kind of the leaders in the organization by identifying kind of on track and off track for each of their people and then their people uh, knowing that, how does that help them kind of be more effective? Oh, yeah, it's it's tremendously because as a leader, you'll see um, when if somebody is like in a meeting and they're not responding, maybe they need to be called on. So that's also a part of a projector. They're waiting for the invitation. So some people by nature aren't going to be out there and speaking up. Sometimes they just need to feel comfortable. So they need to be called on. So that's something as a leader to know if somebody is a projector or a manifestor or um generator or manifesting generator or um, a reflector. Each one has different signs, how you know to motivate or step in and help someone. And also it helps other team members understand each other better. Right. It sounds like it really helps people who maybe don't have that kind of empathy gene or not. that's not their superpower. It kind of gives them almost a cheat sheet to um, how to kind of get the most out of their people. Yeah, exactly. And I actually need to get you a human design PDF for yourself too. So you could just see how, how your human design is. It sounds like, is this an intervention? This sounds like an intervention. (laughs) 
<laughs> could possibly be one. <laughs> well, thank you for that. I look forward to going through the exercise. Um, Talk about your firm a little bit of, you mentioned the pandemic, and I'm sure that, that uh, that's affected everybody, but talk about how you kind of were able to manage your way through that. Yeah, the pan, oh man, the pandemic was not easy, especially like in the thick of the shutdown. Um, and that's one thing I saw, you know, leaving my comfy job to starting a new business. And then the second year in business is the pandemic. Luckily, we were able to still be profitable that year, but it was tough the first half of the year for sure. Um, but as as companies were realizing they could still run remotely, that's where I was lucky enough where my clients were still hiring. And that's one of those things where some company need, companies needed help kind of managing through how to move from you know, in real life, in person to remote workforce. And then now here we go, you know, the pendulum swinging back again of how to move people, some of which are going back into the office again or some hybrid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, were you able to kind of create some programming or some uh, virtual offerings that maybe you didn't have pre-pandemic that maybe now you have that can, um, you know, maybe kind of live on beyond the pandemic? Yeah, and that's exactly where I pivoted and started focusing on human design also because that's B2C and B2B. So primarily before I was only B2B. And so this has been a segue into B2C through human design. And that's stuff that people can do virtually. They don't have to um, kind of go to a workshop in person and somewhere they can be doing this. uh, If somebody wants to uh, purchase their own human design PDF. They could just purchase it from our website and it takes about a two to three week turnaround time to receive your personalized PDF. And then what about kind of workshops? Are you doing those kind of things virtually as well? Yes, we're doing those virtual and our next availability is kind of spring 2022. But yes, we are doing those virtually. And I think it's so great, especially now, um, because everyone's remote. And so it's not only a team activity to bring everyone together, but it's also understanding each other better. So I think it's very beneficial for companies. Now, uh, we talked about uh, how mission is part of your your. Uh kind of the name of your firm, but recruiters as well. Can you talk about um, for a potential employee that maybe is went through the great resignation and wants to get back in the workforce, how do you kind of recommend that they uh, set themselves apart so they become recruitable? Right. Oh, yeah. No, that's a great question. And I think there's a lot of different factors. First and foremost, they have to know they have to know exactly what they want. So I always recommend candidates to know the top three things that are must have. And it could be anything and everything from, I want this to be my title. I want to make this much. I want to be in this location or I want to be remote. So definitely defining their top three non-negotiables. And then secondly, make sure your resume reflect what your target is because you you have... You have people who have well over five to 10 years experience with one page of a resume. That's not, that's definitely not enough information for companies to see. So, you know, a a lot of recruiting is becoming AI and that's very difficult if you can't, you don't have enough room to put in tools or keywords in your resume. So it's very important to be able to articulate your exact experience and goals in your resume. Now, when your folks are looking for candidates, um, is there anything that that 
potential candidate could be doing maybe on LinkedIn that'll help them get found? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question because that is my favorite tool to recruit people. Um, I would say definitely add more of your experience in your LinkedIn profile. The more the merrier. This is where the more the merrier is in LinkedIn because it's definitely keyword searches. Now, how does a candidate know what are the appropriate keywords? Like what are the drivers or there certain keywords to have or certain keywords not to use? Like is something kind of a red flag if you use too much of this one word where that's going to send a certain signal? Because like you said, it is AI. There's a lot of automation when it comes to this. Mm -hmm. And you might be doing things inadvertently that are sabotaging you being found. Yeah, I know. That's a really good point. And I think it's mostly not about red flags, but more about articulating experience. So somebody could have experience with a specific tool that a company needs someone to have and they don't they don't list it. They just list their job title only. So that would definitely knock them out from the job search. So the more details um, and consistency is the best. So like when you say a tool, that might be a certain software or a certain um, kind of a, you went through a certain program that they, they kind of is looking for that. I need people that have Python or I need people that have certain things. And then if it's not in there, they're not, they're not going to make the cut. So they're, they're not even going to pop up. Yeah, right. exactly. So in that case, that's probably a more the merrier too. So don't, don't think that they know that you do Excel put it in there (laughs) exactly right don't put spreadsheets put excel or google sheets right so that it's important to be kind of that granular because like you said this is ai they have a checklist they're just going okay we need somebody that does 10 out of 10 here and if they don't it's not going to make you get you to the next level of even being vetted absolutely and i'm so i'm so glad you're making all these points because the more we can put this information out there, the easier it'll be to find people. <laughs> right. But I think that, I don't think that they're doing it. They, uh, they obviously aren't doing it to kind of sabotage themselves. They just don't know what they don't know. Right. And, and mm-hmm. when things are being vetted with automation, they're not looking at your resume and going, Oh, this is, seems like a, a nice person. Let's bring them in. They're just kind of, if it's not 10 out of 10 or nine out of 10, it's not even getting into the pile to even be looked mm-hmm. at. Mm hmm. You're 100% right about that. So now, um, do you have any advice for the women out there? This is the GWBC audience. Mm -hmm. um, That are a lot of women that are, um, obviously they're launching, they already have a business or they're at the point where they have had to go through a pivot or some kind. But Mm -hmm. uh, any advice for women when they're launching their own company that you would wish you had done differently or something that you was a big takeaway that helped kind of get your business to a new level? Yeah. And I can't say enough good things about GWBC because they are the reason why I was able to get into my Fortune 500 clients. Because with this certification, you have diverse spend. And that's one thing I recommend to any, any woman is to first get your woman-owned certification. That's, that should be the first thing besides um, getting your, formulating your company. That's the most important thing to me. Um, as well as if you are working a job and, you're, and you want to start a side hustle, just, just start it. Go ahead and, and work it on the side as you're working. And whenever you are comfortable enough financially, 
then dive into it 110%. Now, um, you were recently, your firm was recently named uh, top 10 Asian American businesses, one of the top 10 Asian American businesses in America. How did that come about? And um, does that help you kind of penetrate those enterprise level companies when they're talking about diverse spend to go with somebody that's kind of been vetted and named uh, to one of these award, uh, one of these top awards? Yeah, man, what an honor. That was one thing I just was not expecting at all. Um, But I am very, so full of gratitude to even be mentioned in the same category as these other amazing companies. But it, it definitely has helped us mark put a mark on our name um and and obviously clarify again that we are diverse spend so it it was it's just an amazing experience and i'm so thankful for it and that's a great i I don't know if you did that on purpose in terms of a strategy to apply to you know to be considered but that's oh i didn't i didn't apply someone nominated me wow that's even better Yeah. Uh, did, did you even know about the award, but so one of your I, clients or somebody you knew um, nominated? It was That's amazing. I knew. Yeah, it was someone I knew, um, at a friend at a, a client site who put my name in the basket, and I had no idea she did. And, and I received an email saying I won the award, and I was... I was so thrilled. Wow, that it's must that's cool. a goosebump moment there. I, totally. It's like winning the Oscar <laughs> in the in the in the business world. So now um as we look ahead as this year is coming to a close, what are you most looking forward to next year? Oh, opportunity. I and now is the most interesting time ever in corporate America, I feel like, uh because nothing is, is stable. Nothing is the same. Everything is changing right before our eyes. So I'm interested to see um, the abundance of 2022 for everyone. So you're optimistic about the future for Mission Recruit and your yourself? Yes, I am. It only gets better and better. Now, um, what is kind of the best fit client for you at this stage of your growth? Mm-hmm. So our clients are primarily mid-sized to Fortune 500 companies, um, and we service all industries. And then, so we, are, is it all across the country, or is it uh, primarily in the southeast? It's across the country and also globally. Oh so wow! We have global clients too. Well, congratulations on all the success. It's an amazing story. Thank you, Leah. I, I so appreciate that. Now, if somebody wants to learn more about the firm, uh, get on your calendar or have a conversation with you or somebody on the team, what's the website? Yeah, it's a missionrecruit.com and we're on all the socials and I'd love to hear from anyone and everyone. Wow. it is. Thank you again for sharing your story. You're doing such important work and we appreciate you. Thank you, Leah. I appreciate you. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on GWBC Open for Business.